Hello everyone and welcome to episode 292 of So You Want to Be a Writer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm CEO of the Australian Writer Centre where you will find writing courses and a wonderfully supportive writing community. And I'm here with my co-host, Alison Tate, author of the popular Mapmaker Chronicles and Adaban Cipher book series. How are you, Al? Um, I'm okay. Yes. I'm, I'm rested. I've oh, written some yeah. words. I'm... Yeah, I'm just, I'm having a, a nice lull of just normal life in the middle of all the chaos that I have had lately and I like it, Val. I like that it very good. much. That I know. Is good. I, was, okay. I was saying to someone recently, like, the author life is the weirdest combination of mm. just intense, like, periods of isolation and introversion and then these intense periods of having to get out there and you know, light up like a firecracker when you, mm. <laughs> particularly for children's authors, when you're doing, you know, school talks and, and, and those mm. kinds of things, because you've, the amount of energy involved in them is actually quite extraordinary. So it's, it's a very strange set of skills that you have to develop as a, yes as an author, you know, to do these kinds of things. It's, it's a, it's interesting. Anyway. You have to be particularly animated around children. Well, you're sort of, so you just, yeah, you've got to have that. It's, it's interesting because I watch my friends as well. Like when I, um, so when I was at the Shoalhaven Readers and Writers Festival recently, I was watching Jackie Harvey in mm. Jacqueline Harvey in action, and and it's very much like that. You know, she kind of gets up in front of you know, three hundred kids or whatever, and it's like this little light goes on. It's like the light goes on, and there's mm. just like this for an hour and then she kind of comes off and hands me the microphone and goes oh my god I need a coffee do you know what I mean it's that sort of thing like it's yeah it's a it's a it's interesting but I I saw it at the Whit Sunday Literature Festival as well because I was there with you know 12 or 13 authors and it was a very similar thing like they go out and they do their thing and then they come back to the green room and they like oh collapse it's yeah it's fun it's interesting yes it's a performing really it's a performance exactly and it's performance from people who are probably by their very nature as writers are quite you know introvert self-contained units I guess quite introverted people in the sense Mm. that you know we do spend a huge amount of time on our own as as we've discussed before a huge amount of time on our own just doing our doing our thing um and having to have that internal drive to to do the thing to get the books written and to do all that kind of stuff and then this notion of you then having to be okay with just hanging out with huge numbers of people all at once you know for intense periods of time so yeah it's uh, interesting Mm-mm. Now, let's move on to, we would want to give a big shout out to Paula Mason, who kindly left us a review on Goodreads for our book. Our and book. if you haven't got our book yet, well, we think it's a cracker, of course. Well, clearly. <laughs> if you haven't got our book yet, why don't you have our book yet, yes. people? Come on. <laughs> so our book is aptly titled, So You Want to Be a Writer, How to Be Creative While You Still Have a Day Job. So Paula Mason has left us a five-star review and has said, excellent read with the engaging approach one can expect from Al and Val. Motivational, inspirational, and educational. Oh, thanks, Paula. Yeah, thank you so Very much, Paula. Of you. You actually, and it's also not called How to Be Creative while you still have a day job. <laughs> it's handy to get the name of the book correct. So yes. you want to be a writer, How to Get Started While oh, You sorry. Still Have a Day Job. Sorry. However, sorry. there is also a huge amount in there about how to be creative yes. while you still have a day job. <laughs> exactly. 
I'm I'm obviously haven't had my coffee this morning. <laughs> I've forgotten the name of my own book. Oh, mm-hmm. it's hilarious. I love all it. All right. If you want to get it, you can get it from all, you know, all the places. Uh, Amazon. Um, just remember that if you are in Australia, you need to go to amazon.com.au because if you go to amazon.com, even though it's available there for people in the rest of the world, amazon.com doesn't deliver to Australia because of the mm-hmm. rules that changed last year. So, but if you live in another country, of course, go to amazon.com and you can get it there. You can also get the signed copies because Alan and I have signed them from um, our office. So you're, all you need to go do is go to soyouwantobearider.com.au slash book and you can order directly from there and there is free shipping within Australia and you'll get your signed copy. But of course, if you have read it, uh, we, we would be so grateful for your review on Goodreads or wherever it is you would like to leave your review. Um, thank you. And thank you, and Paula. And thank you, Paula. Ooh, Very appreciated. That was almost in unison. <laughs> We've we've actually become one person, Valerie. I feel like we should be very, very concerned about this, as should the rest of the world. Oh, my God. Okay. So (laughs) now Love Your Bookshop Day is coming up on the 10th of August, right, Al? It is this Saturday. It's coming up and it's very exciting and this is is your opportunity to get into your local bookshop and buy a book. Like really. And you know what? If you're looking for children's books, you know, I've heard about these great series called The Mapmaker Chronicles and The Adaban Cipher by this incredible Australian author called A.L. Tate, (laughs) D-A-I-D, just should you happen to be in a bookshop on Saturday. Um, But, yeah, pop in to Love Your Bookshop. And there's a whole range of events, like different bookshops have got different Mm. things going on, different authors visiting them. Um, And if you go to www.loveyourbookshopday.com, com.au um you can see what's happening and and plan your visit accordingly mm, yeah absolutely and i love my bookshop so i'm there all the time and um, yes yeah absolutely uh will be there that day for sure now we wanted to let you guys know about a screenplay competition that is um out there for sci-fi horror and thriller type stories, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, very exciting. Um, so Truant Pictures, which is based at Fox Studios in Sydney, is running the Truant Screenplay Competition to encourage and mentor new Australian voices working in the genres of horror, science fiction and or thriller. So it's very exciting. There's a sweet sweet five thousand dollar australian dollar cash prize for the winner um and a court and some additional extras including um a hot desk at truant pictures offices which are you know as i said on the fox studios lot in sydney for one week written feedback from an established australian filmmaker along with feedback from truant pictures development executives greg schmidt and toby nalbandian um and you will even get a trophy like seriously I a trophy why. <laughs> if you've got one of these mm-hmm. if you've been working on a screenplay in the genre of sci-fi horror and or thriller then seriously get on this because these kinds of opportunities do not come yes. up that often no. um as a bonus two runner-up finalists will also receive a one thousand dollar uh, Australian dollar cash prize and written feedback from an Australian, uh, an established Australian filmmaker. Entries close 12th of August 2019, yes. Get on which it. means you don't have that long and you have to be a citizen of Australia or permanent resident and aged over 18 to yep. enter. Check out yep. all the rules and we will put the links in the show notes. 
Okay, so we have a giveaway this week. We have three copies of Secrets of a Schoolyard Millionaire, which is a children's book by Australian Writer Centre alumna Nat Amore. So Nat completed a number of uh, Writer Centre courses, including How to Write for Children and Young Adults. The hilarious story of one bag of cash, two best friends, and a whole lot of trouble. Finding a million dollars in your backyard is every kid's dream, right? That's what me and my best friend, Toby, thought too. Jumping castles at school, lollipops for our adoring fans, wearing sunglasses indoors because that's what the millionaires do. There's a lot you can get with a million dollars, including a whole lot of trouble. So Mm -hmm. this book by Nat Amore is um, going to be one of our prizes. You have a chance to win one of three copies. Go to writerscentre.com.au slash win in order to... Get in on the competition. Get in on it. Yep. Follow the instructions. Entries close on the 12th of August. That's writercentre.com.au slash win. All right. Mm. Bookboy Junior is reading that book at the moment and enjoying it greatly. He is. Yep. Mr. 12. Okay. Loving it. So, Al, are you ready for the word of the week? I could not be more ready, (laughs) Um, Extra mundane. Now. Do you know what extra mundane means? No, I don't. But, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like extraordinary where it doesn't mean more ordinary. It means outside of the ordinary. So does it have to do with that? Well, you might think, because the way it sounds, extra mundane, yeah, you might yeah, think yeah. it means really boring, but it doesn't. According to the Macquarie Dictionary, it means beyond our world or the material universe. So you might say the lights in the middle of the night were attributed to extra mundane activity. Yeah, except that you wouldn't, would you? (laughs) You'd say aliens or extraterrestrial or something extraterrestrial or something like that, wouldn't you? You wouldn't say extra mundane. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm going to be looking for it. Do you know what? I was reading a book. Just, let, just let's have a moment here. A moment, moment, everyone. Okay. Do you love a good moment? I was reading a book yesterday, um, a new book that's been sent mm-hmm. to me, um, and it contained the word liminal. 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 Remember well liminal? Done. Yes. I'm sure yes. that was one of yours. Yes. And I thought, aha, I must tell Val. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. You see, I get very excited when I see the words of the week out in the wild. I know, and there it was, just quietly lurking within Mm. the text, bang, Mm. liminal. And I thought, Val's going to love this. Love it. All right. All right. So, um, yes, writers, um, what what am I saying? I'm not saying it's writer's centre. What you're saying. (laughs) I've lost track entirely. I've I've lost track as well. Um, So if you use extra mundane in a sentence, you know, uh, on social media or on a blog post, let us know. I'd love to see it out there also in the wild. All right, let's move on to our writer in residence this week. I'm so excited about this because we are speaking to Kanina May this week and she is uh, an alumna also of the Australian Writer Centre. She did um, a creative writing course and um, at the Australian Writer Centre and now is a published author with her debut novel, The One, which is published by Harlequin and is available now. And it's a cracker because I have to say I am a little bit obsessed with, not obsessed, but I loved that um, TV show. You may remember me going on about it, Unreal, which is 
behind the scenes of a reality show. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like yeah, The Bachelor. Yeah, Well, yeah, this yeah. is kind of like the <clears throat> novel version of that because Kenina has drawn on her experience as a scriptwriter and um, being in that world as well. So she has released The One and we talk about her journey of getting to be a published author. Thanks so much for joining us today, Kenina. Hi, Valerie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm a huge fan of your podcast, so I'm actually pinching myself that I'm going to be on it. Oh, we are so excited to have you on it because congratulations on your debut novel, The One. It's just awesome. Now, if there are some readers who haven't read your book yet or haven't got their hands on it, can you tell us what it's about? Of course. Um, The One centres around a reality TV dating show, something like The One, and the story intertwines the lives of three women, a producer, a contestant and an occasional viewer in their pursuit to not only find themselves but their happily ever afters along the way. Now, how did this idea form and what made you think, oh, I'm going to, you know, what made you think of this premise? I think the premise was sparked because I have a background in television. I studied TV production at university and then went on to work in screenwriting. And I think that my general knowledge of what happens behind the scenes, I kind of forgot that it's not what everyone knows what happens. And it was just, it came about in conversations I was having with friends when we were were talking about The Bachelor and... Mm just a few comments um, friends were making and I thought, oh, they don't realise what happens behind the scenes, how that's kind of manipulated or Mm. how things are provoked and prodded in certain ways. And, um, yeah, the idea first came for Darcy, who's the producer on the show. Um, She came to me first about what what it would be like to work on a TV show and then what would it be like to work on a TV show about dating and then having problems in your own love life. I love it because I love this whole premise of behind the scenes of a dating show. I think I find all of these aspects fascinating. Now, the thing is, you've mentioned that you were a screenwriter. So you have been involved in All Saints, Home and Away and a number of other productions. What made you decide, I'm going to write a book now? Because it's very different. It is very different, but I was actually writing books on the side I mean, when I say writing books, I was writing manuscripts that are still on my computer, but I was doing it whilst I was working in TV. I think when you are working in television, you're working in such a big team and you are driven by the script producer and the premise of the show that you're working on. With All Saints, it's all medical. You're in the hospital. Um, On Home and Away, it's all in Summer Bay. Um, You're kind of restricted to whatever parameters the show has. And with novel writing, there's, you know, yourself and a blank screen essentially yeah. or a blank page and you can just do whatever you like. So I think it was just a, it started off as a bit of a, an escape. I um, started doing courses and, and doing my own writing on the side but I probably didn't get serious about it until I started um, my family and was when my eldest, my son, was um, starting to have, you know, two sleeps a day and mm. um, a very wise older woman said to me, now you need to make sure you make time for yourself during the day. Motherhood can be very draining and very isolating. So I don't think she was necessarily meaning start writing a book. <laughs> she was just meaning um, whether you want to do yoga or watch TV or sit down and have a cup of tea. Um, but that advice really stuck with me. And so I started 
I had two sleeps at, at this time. I had two sleeps a day. So one of them I'd quickly whip around and do, you know, whatever preparation for dinner or cleaning or cooking. Um, and then the other sleep time was just me and I would write. And then as time went on, that um, cooking and cleaning time just kind of went, <laughs> went to the side and it was all about writing. And, yeah, that's I ended up writing um, – Another two manuscripts that, you know, just are on my computer I haven't had any success with. Um, but the one I wrote when I had all three children, so I think my eldest was about five and five and a half and the youngest was just a newborn and I had a toddler in between. So I don't know how I did it, but I did. Wow, fantastic. So the thing is you said that while you were script writing, you were also you were writing these manuscripts on the side. So where does the one fit in? into kind of like your timeline, so to speak? Was it the first, the fifth, the tenth, the second? Yeah, and how did it evolve? I think it's probably the third serious one. Mm -hmm. When I was first started working in television, I dabbled in a few different story ideas but nothing kind of – got completed um, and then I moved uh, when we were in we went to London and lived over there for a little while and I started working on um, a young adult book and it kind of had a, it was behind the scenes of TV then too um, and that I did complete that one and then I moved on to a new adult kind of age they were all out of uni and then I moved on to more women's fiction so I obviously just keep getting older and older yes and is there um a do you think it got older because you got older or do you have a preference for particular you know demographic or age group Um, in terms of writing for that demographic or age group yeah I think I it probably has something to do with me getting older and um but also, I've always loved reading young adult fiction as well, and I think I kind of I have also taught, so I've been around teenagers, so I think mm. they're kind of voices stick in your head. And I also had a short story published earlier this year in the Underdog Anthology, mm-hmm. um, which was all for unpublished um, authors, but it was all you know based at teens and with the hashtag Love OzYA. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I think teenagers and teenage stories are, you know, pretty important too. So with this story, you have three women who you're, you know, and Darcy, you, you came up with Darcy first, you mentioned. Yes. How did you then, uh, because you had to be, you had to get to know or you had to know your three main characters and obviously the other characters as well, but particularly your three main characters so well, was there a, I mean, were they really clearly formed in your mind from the beginning or did they grow as the manuscript progressed and how did you, if any, if you did anything, keep track of, you know, their personalities, their quirks, their their characteristics, um, whatever was going on in their life and so on? Yeah, I think they did kind of form as the manuscript um, kept developing. I um, Darcy was the one that kind of came to me the easiest mm. and and then also Penelope who has a bit of a smaller role in it but um, I kind of knew more about those two whilst I think I really had to kind of dig a little bit deeper for um, Bonnie who is the contestant because um, I had to kind of think okay I'll why why is she coming on this show and what kind of people come on this show and um, I wanted to her, her to kind of be more like a fish out of water like this isn't 
something that she would normally do, but she's kind of pushed to do pushed to do it because because of her circumstances at home. Mm. Mm. But yeah, it definitely develops along the way and different drafts and um, trying to make sure their voices are all different so that yes. they come off the page. I think in terms of being able to do the three different women, that comes from television training though. I find that because um, with storylines of A, B and C storylines within when you're plotting a TV show, yes. that kind of really stuck in my head. Um, and so that was what I did naturally. And even in the manuscript I'm working on at the moment, I've done it again with the three different women. And yeah. and I, I think maybe next time I'll try something different because it is hard to make sure the three interweaving storylines all line up and, you know, hit high points at different points, like different points within the story. So, um, of course, with that background in script writing, you were very familiar with the three-act structure because the, so much of script writing is just based um, on that and also based on when the television commercials are. Yes, um, that's right. <laughs> so with, um, with writing a novel, the script writing is a very collaborative process because you are dealing with so many other people and sometimes you are writing certain episodes but the next someone else is writing the next episode and then yeah. then you're back and then someone else all together and so on did you find it really did you was it hard to get used to you know to adjust being all by yourself and not having to answer to anyone I guess it I guess it ha- has been different because you don't have someone else to bounce ideas off as much but um I kind of tend to talk about my manuscript if I'm especially with my mum <laughs> we go, we'll go for a walk and um and I will bounce ideas off her and talk about it and I find even speaking about it out loud kind of helps me get a clearer picture in my head right. uh, sometimes and I'll um also I have to, I'm very visual about it as well. I need to write it down and ha- I might divide the paper into three and kind of line things up or it's a, I think that's coming back to TV and how everything yeah. to do was on a whiteboard and you'd always mm. see it and you go, okay, you know, that person's dropping out of the story a little bit. We need to – I need to give them something there and um, – you know you need to see them but then you think well we can't just see them for the sake of seeing them what's the point of the scene and all that it was tv training of the importance of moving for moving the story forward or showing something about the characters or their relationship with someone else Mm. I uh, that must mean is it safe to say then that you're a plotter that you plotted Uh, (laughs) it all out and you knew what was going to happen you're not a pantser I, I think I do a, a little bit of both. Right. Um, I do plot, but sometimes it might be that, that I know that we have to see them, but I don't know exactly what's going to happen there. Mm. And and I, I, I don't always write chronologically. Okay. Um, and I was listening to your podcast um, at Vivid and I can't remember who was saying but about the spotlight scenes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do a lot of that. I know what that scene is and might write that scene and then I'll have to go back and go, oh, what's going to build to that scene and have to put things in um, either side. But that happens in TV too a lot of the time. You'll know your big scenes or your big commercial break scenes um, mm. and then have to figure out how um, you're going to build up to that or you know, how they got to the cliffhanger. Yeah, how did you get there? Why are they on <laughs> yes. the cliff about to fall off? <laughs> yes, 
Wow. And so um, <clears throat> with the when you were writing and in the midst of writing the the main core of the manuscript, can you describe what your typical day was like? Because you've mentioned you've got kids and, you know, like perhaps you were doing, busy with other commitments at the time. What were you doing at the time and how did you structure your day in order to get the words down? Well, how I work now is quite different to how I worked with the one. I wrote the one in about 18 months and it was all within baby quiet time or sleep time. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so some days I wouldn't get anything done or sometimes I'd have a baby in my arms. I have written pretty much the whole thing with either Peppa Pig or Paw Patrol or Ninja Turtles or something playing in the background. My desk is in the lounge room so the kids are very close. Often they want to sit on me. Um, I'd also write at night. Um, but, I, or, yeah, whilst I had this, I had children at home the whole time but now my youngest is at preschool so I do have a bit more flexibility of time to myself. Wow, I think that's amazing that you wrote it in baby sleep time basically and just around to your kids. So now that you, your youngest is in preschool and you're writing and on you're working on another manuscript, what does your writing day look like? Is it far more focused and you can commit far more time to it? Yeah, it's funny because you kind of make even though I had smaller times you I had to sit on that chair and I couldn't leave. I am still pretty disciplined. I have two days now um, and pretty much six hours from drop-off to pick-up. And, um, yeah, I don't leave the desk very often. It's uh, to make coffee or tea or to get lunch. And we have just gotten a new puppy, though, so he, oh. he keeps pulling me away. So I had, yes. I've gotten up probably more in the last six weeks since we've gotten him. Yes. <laughs> than ever before because I keep feeling guilty. I've got to go have a play or walk him around the yard and, um, yeah, give him a pat. So How adorable. Yes, he is very <laughs> cute. <laughs> um, take me back to um, – because you studied television production um, at uni. Take me back to why you wanted to go into the television industry in the first place. Well, I think it was – I always loved stories and mm. – playing stories. I often had a little notebook and would write, um, but I didn't know I wanted to be a writer. I did go to um, Cleo for work experience when I was in year 10. Did and you? I, yeah, I did. <laughs> and I kind of had forgotten about that until you, you and Alison were talking about it. Oh I was like, that's God. right. But I don't think that that was like I knew that that wasn't quite of the right fit for what I wanted to do. I mm -hmm. think I'm a bit more make-believe than the than the article side of writing. I never kind of got into that side. I was more like, let's make up a story. Even now if I listen to a um, – yeah, I'm, I'd like to hear someone tell me a story than listen to the news. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, my uh, – so when I was – when I was about 10 years old, my auntie was a – no, my cousin, sorry, was a um, – makeup artist on E Street and I went to stay with her in Sydney and um, went on the set of E Street and I think that that is probably the biggest spark for me like seeing behind the scenes and thinking wow that's oh my god Marcus Graham did it for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Simon <laughs> Baker. <laughs> That's right. They lured me in. Oh, um, my God. And it was all very magical. And then mm-hmm. my parents um, bought a video shop when I was in high school. Oh. So I worked in their local video shop for um, many years. And so I watched lots of TV and lots of stories and, um, yeah, sorry, lots of movies. Um and my local um, high school also did a video production elective through English. Oh. And so then I did that. And then in in late years of high school, I d- did design and technology and decided to do a documentary. So I think I, it was just a few things that all kind of combined together. Mm. And um, so then I did TV production. And I, I still, I wasn't didn't necessarily know that I wanted to do writing in TV. It mm. wasn't until my third year in um, third year doing TV production that I did a um, work placement at Home and Away in the script department mm. and sat down and I think within half an hour I was just like, oh, my goodness, this is what I want to do. People wow. were talking, you know, story arcs and character development yes. and and it was six months ahead of what was on TV and I was already a fan. So I was like, oh, my goodness, what's, <laughs> you know, all this stuff's about to happen. Um, yeah, so then I decided to stay on and do an honours year and kind of learn a lot more about the craft of screenwriting and developed my own show as part of my thesis and things like that. So got a little bit more um, skill behind me. I love it. I have to admit, I I did work experience on Water Rats. Oh, I loved Water Rats. I (laughs) loved Water Rats. So again, I was a fan and then I was discovering. So I can completely relate to your experience. And what's interesting is that I really saw how collaborative it was and how many people were involved. And, and I mean, absolutely loved my experience, but I just didn't, I just wanted to work by myself. <laughs> you were the opposite. You're like, this is yes. the right fit. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So anyway, um, at some point, obviously you decided I'm going to write books. I'm going to write manuscripts on the side. Now I, I have to admit, you're probably the only you're the uh, the first interviewee we've had who um, bounces these story ideas off their mum. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so when you decided to do that, though, did you do it in secret, or did you actually, you know, tell people, "Hey, I'm writing in the manuscripts now on the side," you know? Because it's interesting. Sometimes a lot of people keep keep it secret for a while. Yeah, well, I think because I did had been screenwriting already, people already knew that I wrote. So, um, you know, seeing my name on the credit for a script for Home and Away was one of the biggest thrills. Mm. Um, so, and I, lots of my friends knew about that and knew that I l- loved doing that. So, I, in terms of writing my own, I don't think I was necessarily secretive about it. I probably okay. just didn't chat about it as much. But a, a lot of my friends know that this is a long time coming, that I have been wanting this for a very, very long time. Yes. And, um, yeah, I don't – yeah, I, I think also a big step for me was um, I did your uh, the Australian Writers' Centre um, build your author platform course. Mm. So I had – created an online presence about two years before I got my book deal and I think doing that was a big step by putting myself on social media as a writer and in my head I was like I am not a writer I haven't got a published book and that was a was a really hard step to kind of take because you're really putting yourself out there Mm -hmm. um but it was great in making connections and um 
you know, reading a lot of books and making sure I was um, making connections with other authors and other readers and, um, yeah, I found that hugely beneficial. I was also knowing, you know, different hashtags to look at and yeah. – um, and you then you just kind of just the whole world op- opens up with you discover more books to read and um, the types of books that I wanted to write then you'd kind of know where to look. Mm, mm. And also um, you did the creative writing course at the Australian Writers Centre and a few other courses. So how did that impact your writing? Uh, well, I think I would love to just study for the rest of my life. I <laughs> love I love learning things and I think there's always more to learn. Um, I think one of the huge things about doing a course is that you are committing yourself to time with your manuscript. So if you sign up to do something, you're going to say, okay, well, that means I've got to um, – I've invested in this, I'm going to commit with my manuscript and therefore you're going to see progress with it. Mm. Um, and – you can always develop your craft and I think some of the great things about doing the courses is that they, um, different presenters bring different things to the table yeah. and they might, um, different elements within a story. I know with the one, how I originally started, it wasn't ha- how it is now and that became that came apart um, from the creative writing course. I kept having to go, okay, I'm starting this story in the wrong spot and had to keep shifting scenes around and um, figuring it out. And then you look at opening sentences and opening paragraphs and um, concentrating on different voices of the characters and word choices. So I think um, the craft is a huge thing of the writing courses but also just motivation to keep on going. I often felt really inspired after going to a course and meeting other people within the course, whether it's a presenter itself or just Mm. other aspiring authors or other writers that are at different stages of their career and it just really motivates you to keep on going. Yeah, yeah. And so um, tell us about how you got your book deal. Okay, so I um, am... I became a member of the Romance Writers of Australia. Yeah. Um, I I must have become a member the year before I actually went um, to their big conference. So I remember seeing that they were all posting that they were up in Brisbane and remembered saying, oh, you can pitch at those conferences. And I was still working on the one. Um, And then I ended up entering the one into their uh, Emerald Award, their unpublished manuscript award and it went quite well in that and I got some really great feedback and I it was still about six months until the conference but I thought oh I think I'm going to hold on to this and and think I'm going to try and pitch it rather than send it into the slush piles so to speak and um yeah so I did more courses and um learnt my you know had my synopsis and my pitch down pack and um then they they have a really great system um at the Australian Writers uh, sorry at the Romance Writers um Mm. where you can kind of sign up with people and practice your pitch and get really ready with um authors um and so then on the on the weekend it was in Sydney last year I went and I pitched to several publishers and agents and it was about five and a half weeks after the conference I got a phone call from Harlequin to say that they well that Rachel who was who's my publicist um sorry publisher um she really liked it and wanted to take it to an acquisitions meeting so that was very exciting but I also had to stay quite grounded because I it still wasn't a deal yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but it was a great just a step in the right direction. And I got um, the phone call about six days later. 
to say, yes, we'd like to offer wow. you a book deal. Yeah. And it's do you still... remember like what you were doing at oh, the time? And, yes, you know? I remember both. <laughs> when I first got the, the acquisitions meeting, I was playing Barbies with my youngest daughter, oh, and um, which is kind of, you know, mum said that when I was little, I couldn't be pulled away from the Barbies. I was always making stories with my Barbies. So it kind of felt really nice that it was similar. I was still doing the same thing years and years later. Um, and then I was actually teaching. It was I was running from – I'd just done an exam supervision and was going to sport and I didn't even have time to um, write back, uh, like ring back that I just listened to the voicemail and the voicemail said that they'd offer me a deal and I had to go into sport for the next couple of hours before I could um, call call her back. <laughs> so I had, like, yeah, played handball with the kids that are – the high school for a couple of hours in their sport oh. time thinking oh my gosh it's actually gonna happen I think that was yeah a super exciting day and then when you held it in your hands for the first time yeah getting the arc the advanced yeah. copy that was that was pretty thrilling um I um yeah was bouncing and just seeing how excited <laughs> my kids were for me as well and oh. um yeah, it's all been really exciting. I actually think that the excitement, I've had a lot of it and now I've hit this numb, oh, my gosh, it's actually happening. Mm. I don't think it's hit me. Maybe it will when I see it in shops, but it's, um, yeah, I've gone a bit numb and I think, oh, gosh, this dream that I've been hoping for for so long is happening, which I yeah, feel very, very lucky. So what's so next what's- for you? What are you working on now? Yes, well, I'm working on another women's fiction um, about three, about three women in there, you know, interweaving relationships. Um, but I don't have a deal for that at this stage, so hopefully I'll be able to show it to my publisher soon. Yeah, very exciting. And finally, what would be your advice to aspiring writers who hope to be, you know, in a position where you are when they've they, they've got the, they're holding their book, their novel in their hands? Sorry, the, like the your three. T- yeah, yeah my top, top three. three tips. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, um, <laughs> one of them would be to move away from the computer, which I had to do a lot of with the three kids. But I think um, I wrote or probably plotted in my head a lot of the story when I was away from the screen. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, it's really important to step away. Like you kind of figure out story issues, whether I'm on a walk or a run or doing the dishes or in the shower. I think um, that's always really helpful. Mm. Um, another one would be I was going to say to talk – talk about plot points and plot issues and characters and I <laughs> think that mom. does my training to my mum on a walk we often yes. go for a walk and I have to say now I'm having a problem with this and she's she's really great she doesn't just um say one thing we we talk out about you know five or six different options and then I, I go it. home and she doesn't say which one she prefers just mm. she might tell me later that that wasn't the way she'd want to go but <laughs> um and another one I'd say is to get involved in a book club. Um, mm. Now, this is – I love my book club and my book club girls and spending time with them is something I always look forward to, especially because writing is very isolating. Um, but I think um, being in a book club kind of has allowed me to understand what others enjoy and don't enjoy in different books. And it also keeps me quite grounded in realising that what I'm writing isn't for everyone. Not everyone's going to love it and that's okay because within my um, book club we all have very different opinions and tastes. Um, and I think, you know, putting your book out into the world is quite difficult because you, it's, you're putting it out there for opinions and judgment and I think well, that's okay. It might be for some people but it's not for others. So I think my book club's really helped me kind of 
try and step back and look at it look at it all a bit objectively wonderful and um, look congratulations on the one so excited for you and I have no doubt it's going to be a wonderful success so thank you so much for your time today Kanina thank you for having me This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, a world leader in writing courses. Our popular course, Creative Writing Stage 1, is the perfect way to unlock your creativity and explore the world of writing. You only need a couple of hours a week and you'll learn how to create memorable characters, believable dialogue and captivating plots, all in a supportive environment in this five-week online course. Whether your goal is to write a bestseller or simply tell better stories, learn at home with your very own tutor giving you personal feedback each week. Find out more at writerscentre.com.au slash creative writing. All right, there you go, Kanina May. Fantastic interview. Thanks for that, Val. Yeah, it's always good to see how people get to, you know, the final goal, right, especially when they're um, especially when it's their debut novel. So congratulations yeah. to Kanina. So, so thrilled for her as, of course, you know, so thrilled for all of the graduates of the Australian Writers' Centre when they reach their goal. It's very, very exciting to see. It is. So You've had some crackers it, this year too. Like I, I would know. just say that it has been a huge year. Huge year. Every second week there seems to be someone who has been published. So very And exciting. I see um, Sarah Bailey, uh, oh, the lovely, oh. the wonderful Sarah yes. Bailey, who is Talented. just like on fire, has got her, I think it's, is it her third book just third coming out book. now? Yes. That's absolutely. fantastic. You know, I haven't read the second one yet. I got to, I'm going to need to catch up. I'm behind. So yeah, so the third book is Where the Dead Go um, and, of course, um, she uh, she is a graduate of the Australian Writers' Centre. She did the creative writing course as well and it's just going from strength to strength. It's just wonderful to see. All right, so what are you doing in the coming week, Al? Um, what am I doing? Well, I'm going on a creative date with my <gasps> son, the musician, so I'm looking forward to that. We're heading up to Sydney oh, nice. for a gig. Over the weekend, which will be good. Um, I yeah. always enjoy that. And uh, what else am I doing? Well, you know, just uh, as I said, just kind of like in the lull still at the moment. But next mm. week I've got um, kind of the book week stuff really starts off again and oh, then I'm yes, off to Brisbane for the wonderful Your Kids Next Read um, live meetup event, which I'm really yes. looking forward to. Um, and, yeah, that's, yeah, just that's that's where I'm up to at the moment. What about you, Val? What are you up to? Are you going to be away? Have you got any? I mean, it's been a while since you've been on a plane. Oh, I know, and I'm so thankful for that. I don't think I get <laughs> on another plane till September, which is okay. which is fine with me. I'm very happy to not be, you know, because then you leave your toiletry bag permanently packed, kind of thing, and you live out of your toiletry bag, and I just hate that. So. <laughs> Um, I love the fact that I'm not living out of my toiletry bag and, right. uh, yeah, so I'm not going on a plane anytime in August to my knowledge. <laughs> Excellent. Not yet. Not at this stage. Not unless not there's a disaster. Stage. Yeah, that's right. Have a lot of meetings though, because we're already gearing up for the two, for the 2020 Sydney Lunar Festival and I'm going oh. to be curating that as well. So we're already... Oh, you are. You're doing it again this year. I didn't yes, know. Yes, yes. So doing the 2020 Sydney Lunar Festival. Hooray! For those of you who um, 
aren't in Sydney, uh, you should come actually to Sydney to visit it, but uh, it's on um, around the time of the Lunar Festival and uh, it attracts over 1.4 million people. There are big art installations that line Sydney Harbour along with a whole range of activities and events, including dragon boat racing, artist talks and um, a whole heap of stuff going on, Community perform- awesome community performances that are throughout the city, um, dancers, uh, you know, street dancing. It's just, it's just a brilliant, brilliant um, a, a few weeks where, where, mm. where this happens in Sydney and it's um, run by the City of Sydney. But, yeah, we're already in the throes of all of the meeting and planning for next year. So that's, gonna, that's a bit in busy. Wow. Where, um, where do we find you online, Al? You'll find me at alisontait.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I-T.com. You'll find me on Twitter at, at altate, A-L-T-A-I-T, and you'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at alisontaitwriter. And you, Val, where do we find you? You'll find me over at valeriekoo.com and on Twitter and Instagram at valeriekoo, that's K-H-O-O. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writercentercomau slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentercomau slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions and much more.